Good morning, church. It's great to be with you again. And have I got a surprise for you today. We got a visitor today. Come on in, sweetheart. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. I just wanted to personally take a minute to tell you how much I love you and mm -hmm. I miss you and that Harley and I are lifting you all Absolutely. up as well as our nation in prayer daily. And we can't wait to see you again. Um, Till then, stay strong, stay safe, and on your knees. Love you. Absolutely. Thank Bye. you, sweetheart. Oh, no problem. Yeah, we got to pray. Okay. And Father God, we do pray for um, all the happenings that are going on around our world today. We uh, take a moment just to praise you, Father, for being our God and our Father and our King, our Master, our great physician. And we're just calling upon you. And we ask that your blessing would be on our church family always. But Father, may we look to you for our strength that we need in times such as this. Mm -hmm. I thank you for my bride and I thank you for my family. And I thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. But most of all, we thank you for Jesus that died on a cross for us so that we could have eternal life someday. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Father, for loving us that much. We pray this in Jesus' name. And the church says? Amen. Amen. God bless <laughs> you, sweetheart. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Hope you enjoyed that just a little bit this morning as we get going here. Again, if you're going to, uh, we're going to take communion at the end of the service today. And so if you have those supplies, you want to go and get those and, and hurry back. You may not miss too much. Uh, are you back yet? No, that's all right. But uh, we're going to take that at the end of the service today. You know, this past week I was um, running some errands for a few of the um, widow ladies here at the church and doing a little shopping for them that they need as well. We need to make sure they're taken care of. And in that, in that time, I went to, one of the times I went to the store, and while I was there, there was this elderly lady that was in front of me, and uh, she was standing in line. I was staying my distance like I was supposed to do and all of that. And the first thought I had about this elderly lady was, I just wish someone would have taken the time to maybe um, call her, contact her, and maybe run some errands for her that she needed done, like what I was trying to do as well. So anyway, she began to talk with the lady behind the counter, and the first thing she said, I need some of those lottery tickets. She said, I need that uh, Powerball. She said, that's the one I want to play, and I always play that one. And I thought to myself, well, that's a little strange that you would come out during a time like this. Well, about that time, I didn't say that out loud, but she turned and looked at me. She find a nice-looking lady, and she was so smiling. She had a smile on her face, and she looked at me, and she says, Well, if I'm going to die, I might as well die rich. And I thought, Wow, that's kind of uh, odd. But nonetheless, I just want to say, you know, the only way anybody is ever going to die rich is to be found in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And I pray, we pray, that that's the case for you and your family, that you're found in Jesus today and know that He loves us in that process. You know, they say every week, 112 million. Now, get this number. This survey was taken uh, several years back now, so it probably is more now. But nonetheless, about 112 million uh, people take medication for stress-related symptoms. And I thought that was interesting. And I might ask the question as we start this morning, are you, are you a little stressed out? You might be with all the happenings, huh? Well, I want your help today in this message, if I can. And so you're going to have to speak up real loud because I want you to help me. And remember, I can't hear you, so you have to speak up real loud, all right? So you just fill in the blank. You fill in the blank this morning if you can. Here we go. You just finish the sentence for me, if you would. I am ready to throw in the... Yeah, that's right. Probably said towel, right? 
I am at the end of my ropes. Good deal. You're doing good so far. I'm just a bundle of joy. No, it's probably nerves, isn't it? My life is falling, yep, apart. I am at my wit's end, and I am about to come unglued. And then this one is here. The preacher should get a, wait a minute. I think, did you say raise? Did I hear somebody say raise? Probably not, but nonetheless, that would be okay too, right? Can I hear an amen? Got to say it real loud. All right, here we go. Now they tell us that in that particular, just that simple test there, that it's given um, by certain doctors to determine whether or not you need help actually with your stress. And actually some physicians will even write you a prescription if you answer those questions just the way you did. As Christians, we need to always remember that we have something more than what the world offers. We have something that God offers. So we have a source that we can go to that's different. Now, it is true that, that all of these things might be needed. You might need therapy, I'm sure. Well, I've met a few people that I'm sure that needed it. Uh, we need a proper diet. I'm sure I need that. Exercise, we all need that, and I pray that you're getting yours. And perhaps even, yes, medication. However, as Christians, we have this resource, once again, we have this resource available to us that the world doesn't have. And that is a promise from God. It is a promise from God, and it's a thing called peace. It's the very thing that you long for during a time of struggle, during a time of hardship, during a time of crisis, such as you might feel that we're in right now. Listen to these words from God's word. Jesus speaking here once again. Notice what he says. This is from John chapter 14, if you're following along. It says, but when the Father, Jesus speaking, but when the Father sends the Comforter instead of me, and by the Comforter I mean the Holy Spirit, he will teach you much as well as remind you of everything myself that I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift. This is important. Christ is telling us that he's leaving us with a gift. Peace of mind, peace of heart, he says. And the peace that I give you is not fragile like the world gives you. No. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. Now it's difficult for us to understand sometimes, but if we realize that if we were sitting in the presence of Jesus even this very moment, would it not be comforting to hear him say to you directly, I give you my peace. Don't be afraid. It's pretty awesome, I think. I put on the board behind us this week as well, Psalms 29, and I think this one might be a comfort to you as well this morning. The Lord gives strength to his people, to the people, and the Lord blesses his people with peace. The Lord longs to bless his people, you and I, with a thing called peace that the world may not know anything of right now. Now I know that Jesus was talking to his disciples there in John chapter 14. But yet we are disciples of Christ, are we not? Well, sure we are. And this information he's giving us in this as followers of his, he's basically telling us that when you go into the world that I'm giving you, in this world in which we live, you're going to have some trouble. And there will be times when you are stressed, there will be times when you're anxious, and there will be times when you have the pressures of the world. But what I want you to know, in the midst of all of that, you can have a thing called peace because that's what God wants for your life. And he's telling us in that process to not be afraid. 
of what the world offers, but be at peace of what I offer you. Now, Jesus says this peace is a gift. And I want you to know that it's a gift from God. God loves to give his children gifts, just like you as a parent love to give your children gifts uh, when they are maybe a birthday or maybe Christmas time. But sometimes just because they're your children, you want to bless them with something. God wants to do that for us. And I want you to know that today that he offers the gift of peace to you as well. It's not something you can work for. It's not something you can earn. It's not something you can buy. And it's certainly not something you can learn outside of Christ. God's peace is unique. It's unique in the sense that it's not frail or fragile, as he said in Scripture there. See, human peace is this based upon circumstances, the things that we find ourselves in every day. If everything in my life is satisfactory and running smoothly, then I have peace. But when it's chaotic, then I have no peace. That's what the world gives. The peace Jesus gives does not depend upon the present circumstances around us, no matter how long this might last. It is an eternal peace that he gives you and I as Christians. And that's a good thing. It's not the external influences around us. It's this eternal peace that even in the midst of all these things, I can simply say, God's got this one. God's in control of this. And God's in control of me. So I just rest in his peace. Peace, someone said, and I think rightfully so, said that it is our birthright of the child of God. The, the question becomes then, is it not that have you claimed that birthright? God's saying, you are my child and this is something you can have. And so the question becomes, are you claiming what he says is rightfully yours? Or are you like the world, just joining them with the stressed out stuff? Too many Christians, I believe, are like Linus. You remember Linus in the Peanuts comic strips? You probably remember that. Linus is holding his blanket. Everywhere he goes, he takes his little blanket along with him. So there's this comic strip, and he's there holding his blanket. And sure enough, the caption underneath it simply reads, Only one yard of flannel material stands between me and a nervous breakdown. My, my. We all deal with things, do we not? How do we keep it from overwhelming us is truly the question. I hear that from people that call me or text me. Can you give me something to hold on to? Yeah, I can give you something to hold on to. And his name is Jesus. Because in Christ, we have all we need. I will tell you that I don't have all the answers. Feel free to call and we'll talk. And maybe sometimes that just helps. But I don't have all the answers. I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV. But I'm thankful for all the doctors and nurses and those first responders and all those individuals that are doing such a great job for us right now. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and, and she was worried about some things and stuff. And I, we talked for a while and we had a good conversation. And then I told her, I said, how are your children doing? Well, we're trying to keep a lot of from them and understand those things. I said, well, why don't you take the time during this time to teach your children what real heroes are? Real heroes. That it's not the one that shoots the basketball. It's not the one that hits the ball out of the park. But the true heroes and what they really are, the ones on the front line, our military that provides for us the safety that we have in this great country called the United States of America. The ones that are being called up now to the front lines. The doctors and the nurses that are strapping on these outfits to get in the front lines to attack this with all that they have and all the knowledge that they have. 
the ambulance driver, perhaps, the police officers, the government that's trying its best to weave us through all of this chaos that we find ourselves. Those are true heroes. Even the person at Walmart that is willing to come to work and you need food, I need food, we all need food, and that person that's saying, you know what, I'm going to do this. They don't have to. They can stay home. But they're there. They're there. Those are true heroes that we can teach our children about. But I do know this. I may not know everything, but I do know this, that if God tells me something in his word, and it's all true, if he tells me there's something for me, there's a blessing, then I want that blessing. Can I get an amen? Can't hear you a little louder. I want all the blessings that God has for me here and now, as well as the eternal thing that God already has in control. So in John chapter 14, as we move along here, Jesus told his disciples, remember, he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Why would he make that statement? Oftentimes I use this scripture at funeral services. But I want to share it with you today because it's so important. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Why would he say that to his disciples? Why would he say that to us today? It's because he can look into the eyes perhaps of his disciples and simply say, I can see you're troubled about this or you're anxious or you're stressed out. But I believe it is because he could see into the future. Remember, he is God in the flesh, John chapter 1. And as he could see into the future, he knew the test that they would be up against. He knew the struggles. He knew the things that you were going to go through long before they ever got here. He knew this was going to happen long before it ever got here. And he's a God that's saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. I love that fact about him. So to stress less, how do we do that? I could simply probably list maybe 15, 20 things that we could go over, and maybe we'll look at a few more as the weeks go by. But today I want to give you one, and I think it's probably the most important one of all the ones that I could come up with, is how to stress less in your life. Oh, Mr. Preacher, could you tell me something that will help me stress less in my life? Yes, I can. And it's not because I'm smart or intelligent, but it's because God tells me in his word, that I need to look at his word. And so the first thing I want to tell you is to stress less in your life. We need to take God at his word. God is either telling us the truth or he's lying to us. God's telling us the truth. We have to believe what God tells us, even in the midst of times such as this. So in John chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Watch what he says. You believe in God, believe also in me. His first cure for a stressless life is simply this. Trust me. Believe in me. Now, when you read that in the Greek, it's not a suggestion. That's what we might say. Oh, believe me, this is going to pass. Oh, believe me, I'll be there for you. We might say that. When Jesus says, believe in me, in this situation, it's a command. Why is a command so important in a time such as this? Why is that important for you today? It is because connected to every command is a promise, and connected to every promise is a blessing, and connected to every blessing you can receive if you believe God. He's saying here, if you believe me, don't let your hearts be troubled. If you're trusting me, don't let your hearts be troubled. God has assured us in all things 
that he will give us peace that passes all understanding. It's Philipp- all understanding, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 7. It's a good one to hang on to as well. See, the truth is you can believe this or you can believe this. It is really your choice. Within 10 minutes of listening and believing this, I promise you I can get your stress level to here. And some of you are way beyond that because you listen to this. If you listen to this, it can bring your stress level way down. So really it's left up to you which one you're going to choose. Here's a good general rule to go by. When you're looking at this and you need information, I'm sure, and you feel yourself looking at this more than you're looking at this, remember your stress is going to go up. So take time to look at this. For when you look at this, that stress level will come down. Which one are you going to trust? It surpasses all understanding. He promised that for your life. All right. So just as you have called on him for your salvation, you and I have the right to call upon him for peace in our life. If you say you believe, and I think this is important. I was thinking about this yesterday and jotted it down. But if you say you believe in him to save you, and I'm sure that you do, to save you in the end, can you not believe him for what he has for you now? Listen to this scripture. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. You want to please God? Sure you do. Then you got to come to him in faith. You got to believe that he is. How do I know that? Because the next part of that verse says this, because anyone, that's you, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. He could have put a period there, but he didn't. He goes on to say, and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Do you want the reward of peace today? I bet you do. Then what we are called to do is to seek him with our hearts and peace will be found. So the number one thing I believe is to start saying to yourself, and maybe you post this on the refrigerator for your kids to quote. Maybe you put it on the the front door. Maybe you put it on a mirror or something, but you say it throughout the day that, Lord, I'm just going to stand where you tell me I can stand. And that is what you tell me. That I believe what you have told me. I claim what you say is mine. I am your child and I'm going to take what is rightfully mine and I'm going to hold on to this peace no matter what comes my way. I'm going to do this because I trust you, Lord. I believe in you. I believe that you will not desert me. I believe that you'll always be there for me. And I believe that you will give me the peace at this time in my life. You remember last week when I told you, and I think this is, I'm going to probably say this every week, but it's that important. Make sure that you keep your praise to the Father high on the list. Have you taken time to praise the Father this week? To really praise God for what you have in life? Listen to scriptures found in Psalms 145, verse 3. 145, verse 3, it says this, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. But I looked it up in the message translation. Listen to how it said. God is magnificent. I just love the fact that God is magnificent. That he can never be praised enough. Our God can never be praised enough. There is no boundaries to his greatness, it goes on to say. And I say, hallelujah, amen. 
The little boys and girls used to sing a song. I'm sure they still do. My God is so big. My God is so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. We might say, oh, that's a kid's song. Folks, that should be one of our theme songs. As Christians, my God is so big. My God is so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. If there's nothing my God cannot do, then my God can change things in an instant. Are we allowing him to work on the inside of us through this process? Never forget, never, ever, ever, ever forget to express the glory to God. One of the greatest things that I can tell you in this process is to relieve you of your stress, is to praise God. Praise God before the stress comes. Praise God in the midst of, in the lingering part of the stress. And praise God after the stress. But praise God, praise God, praise God. Always. We used to sing a song, and I'm not a singer, but uh, I don't have a group here, and Kyle's not here to lead us, but it goes something like this. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story and this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Praising our Savior all the day long gives us peace that we all want. Now, before we leave, I got to share one more thing because I never like to close without giving you an opportunity because someone needs to hear this. Just think about this. Maybe perhaps you can tell someone to come to this website and look at this because this may be the most important thing of this whole message. I think it is for the person that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Savior. Listen closely. God not only wants to relieve you of stress, He wants to forgive you of your sin. That's right. You see, all of us are guilty, you and me and grandma and grandpa. But because of what Jesus did, because of God's love for you, Jesus came and he died on the cross. He went to a grave. He came out of that grave and is now in heaven, preparing a place for all of us that put our faith, hope, and trust in him. Believe. Just believe that he's God's one and only son. Repent of your sins and confess that he is Lord. And you, my friend, can have salvation. And then you can have the peace that he's offering you today. Now, I know someone's probably out there and they're screaming at the screen, perhaps, and they're saying, man, he never mentioned anything about the new birth. Did he not mention about anything about baptism? No, I didn't. So let me do that. Have you experienced the new birth? Well, Harley, you know, the church is closed now. I can't come up there. So one more excuse for us, isn't it? Well, let me ask you this. Do you have a bathtub? Now, somebody might be laughing a little bit. But listen, I've, and I'll get to that in a minute. I've baptized hundreds of people. I've baptized people in rivers and creeks and ponds and lakes and even the Indian Ocean. I've baptized people in swimming pools, um, hot tubs, and bathtubs. A few years ago, a good friend of mine, one of my bestest, best friends of all times, he had a good friend that worked with him for a long time. They were really close friends for many, many years. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in that process, he'd always talk to him about the Lord and wanted to lead him to the Lord. And I knew this guy, and we would talk a little bit, and every time we would get him really close to surrendering his life to Christ, his family would step in. You see, his family was 
uh, they were raised, he was raised with a different type of religion. In fact, well, the best thing I can tell you, or really the truth I can tell you about that, they just didn't follow the teachings of Christ. But every time he was really close about giving his life to Christ, the family would step in and they would just, just, just bombard him with all kinds of stuff. And so he would just back off. Well, a few years later, many years later, I should say, he, um, he came down with cancer and it was bad. And I remember going to Oklahoma City and visiting him within the hospital and, and sure enough, his family was in the room with us and I visited with him and I mean, he was really, really close. We thought it was gonna happen that day. That's so why I drove up there and his family just, once again, just, just kept putting it, I mean, it was just bad. A few weeks later, he was at home. He, was, he couldn't leave the house, maybe perhaps like you. And uh, he called his best friend, my best friend, and he simply said, I, I want to do this. I don't want to do it for me, and I don't care. My family's here, and I don't care. I want to do this for me. So my best friend called me, and he says, what can we do? And I said, run the bathwater. He said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, I'll be there. Now, catch this. I had to do a wedding. I think it was about, I don't know, it's it it a good hour from here where I had to go to that day or that evening. And I had just enough time to jump in the car, fly up to the Medicine Park area. And I come through the, I get, get out of the car, go into the house, and there's his family in the, in, the, in the room. They didn't say anything. I didn't care if they said anything. So I go into the bathroom. My buddy's there, and this guy's there. This, this guy I knew very well. And, and uh, I said, this is for you, isn't it? He said, oh, yeah, it's for me. I said, what about those folks? He said, I don't care about those folks. I care about me. I said, you believe in Jesus? He said, yes, I do. I said, have you repented of your sins? You bet I have. And I know he can save me. And so me and my buddy, I'll never forget, we both of us, my best friend, we got down on our knees and we set him in the bathtub, bathtub there. And we, uh, we took his confession and I said, I gladly baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins. And he came up out of that water, new. A few minutes later, he was totally exhausted. We sat in his office there. He was sitting in a chair, breathing hard. And he was so excited about what he had experienced. And in that process, you could just see there was a peace about him that passed all understanding. My friend, don't wait. Run the bath water if you need to. Somebody can take care of that for you. And God bless you in your decision. We're going to take communion now. I promised that we would do that at the beginning of the service. You know, there's two things about um, that Jesus instituted before he left planet Earth. There's two things. One was baptism, what we just talked about. And the other one was communion, a time of, that we can remember him as well. Both of them lead to the same thing. One leads to the death, death, death burial, and resurrection of ourselves but it reminds us of what Jesus did for us when we come up out of that water that I gave myself to Christ and my sins are forgiven because of what Christ did on the cross. And then in our communion time, it is a time that Jesus said, basically this statement is all he's given by it, is when you do this, I want you to do this in remembrance of me, he said. Why? So we wouldn't forget that he stretched his arms out and he died on a cross 
I'm going to have my bride come in now, and we're going to take communion with you and your family if you're ready to do that. And we're going to, uh, I have some things here. There we go. Step on here, sweetheart. We're just going to pray with you. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the Jesus and what he did on the cross for all of us. Fathers, we take this bread this morning. Help us to remember it was his body on the cross that was given freely. Nobody, nobody killed my master, my king, my Jesus. He gave his life freely just for us. Thank you for that, Father. May we remember what he did for us so that we could be with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray for the wine. Father God, we continue our prayer to you and we thank you for this fruit of the vine, this juice that represents your son's blood that was shed on that cross. Jesus, thank you for doing that just for us. Thank you that we can know that because of that blood was shed, we are washed white as snow. We are clean. We are clean. Thank you so much. God, thank you for loving us that much to allow your son to die on our behalf. We praise you and we glorify you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, we are. Well, that's the service for today. We normally say about this time, let us all stand and sing as we're dismissed, but we're not going to do that, are we? But God is a good, good God, and He loves you. Again, as Donna said earlier, we love you as well. We're praying for you. Pray for the church. Pray for our nation. Pray for our country. Um, if you haven't sent in your offering to the church, we'd ask you to do that as well. You've been really good about that, and I thank you so much. You can also do that online. Just go to our website and click on there. And it's much needed. Uh, and I'm sure every church is saying that right about now. But we just continue to pray for you. Hope to see you again next week. May God bless you and your family.